Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hi, a warm welcome to us, uh, to the program, I should say. This is The Call. Ten companies picked by you, two expert guests, one hour, Friday, the 1st of July. I'm Nadine Blaney, and we have Jim Bailu from Tribeca Investment Partners here with me in studio. Adam Dawes from Sean Partners as well. I'm so looking forward to this, guys. It's so good to see you again. Happy New Year. Thank you. Absolutely. We look so looking forward to this one. Absolutely. (laughs) Is it going to be a happy New Year, you think, Jim Bay, for equity investors? Oh, absolutely. This is going to be a much better year. Compared to the last year, uh, certainly last six months, it will be much better. Six we months. were talking about this: is that the first half of the financial year was great, returns were fantastic. January fourth, everything looked great, and then all of a sudden, it all started to go pear-shaped. Pear shaped. That's a better word for it. Uh, pear shaped, and then continued the volatility, which is really unknown. And what's incredible is that it's like a domino effect, right? So in January, yeah. everyone sold all the tech growth companies, and yeah. then the next one was the banks, and oh, well, the next one was builders, re- retailers, yeah. Yeah. and then there was the banks, and then there's the resources, resources. at the end of it. So yeah. it's just incredible. Well, that's our market, isn't it? That's, <laughs> that's pretty much all, that's all our stocks. Are exactly, our market, everything so. got sold off. Yeah. So you're thinking there's opportunities. Oh, absolutely. So now that if you look at the rebase of across all of the sectors, uh, valuation certainly supports a lot. It's there's definitely good value out there. Mm. I'm still a little bit cautious about what what's going to happen in the US, which is going to have a flow-on effect to what's mm. going to happen here in the in in Australia. And I do think UBS put a really good note out the other day about earnings potentially coming back about 20%. Mm. The price is the PE. The price has come down, but the earnings haven't. So we might see a little bit of a rebase. We've seen confession session at the moment. There's been a lot of the gold stocks have been hit pretty hard because their production numbers aren't up to scratch. Mm. Uh, those kinds of things. So it's going to be interesting, but yeah, I pray it's going to be a better year than last year, that's for sure. Now, uh, I was thinking just in that, when it comes to earnings season, um, what do you think we're going to get? We're going to get a lot of insights from CEOs into how they view the macro environment. Well, absolutely. So there's a few themes that will play out. So one is the demand environment, and I think demand environment is still pretty good. The consumer Agreed. sector might experience somewhat of a weakness, as, as we have seen. You know, consumer confidence is all-time low. Consumer and discretionary. Discretionary. Consumer, yes, discretionary. So, yep. um, however, I think the demand environment is pretty good, and pricing increases have, have gone through. You know, the you've, all your staples, Woolies, and other people have yep. talked through. There's no issue with that. Um, costs will go higher. So, you know, you will see the market leaders, the, 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 the stronger players will be able to pass that through and they will do well. Now, the good thing about market being derated in the last six months and, you know, in the last particular last month and heading to this reporting season is that if you get the earnings right, because every company got sold off, every single mm. sector, including oil companies. Mm. So any company can find that actually can surprise on the upside in terms of earnings. Um, share price will go up. Yeah. Go up quite a bit by uh, in August this year. That's a feature of this mm. confession season mm. as well. I mean, mm. when you disappoint, you're marked down 20, 30, you know, percent. Yeah. Little misses as yeah, well. Yeah, little misses. Mm. So you're thinking that little beats could result in these really big upticks? <laughs> well, it's always the way, isn't it? That mm. and, and it's got to be a little bit of a flavor of the month too. So some stocks can beat and the market just sort of pushes them away and sort of says, look, I'm not that interested in, mm. in what's going on. 
But yeah, definitely a beat would, would be fantastic. I mean, I had read through Metcash's result the other day. Their hardware business is over now 20% of their revenue, and that was actually quite a good number. Can I read that through to Bunnings in Wes Farmers? Maybe. So, you know, there, are, there might be some bright spots in there, mm. but I do feel that earnings are going to get rebased lower for most of the market. Oh my goodness, I forgot what we're here to do. Let's uh, get across the companies that we will be talking about. United Malt Group, Oz Minerals, that'll be an interesting one. Nick Scali, Clinivelle and ALS. But the stock of the day is Brambles. So you've most likely heard that it has decided not to provide suppliers to Costco with a plastic pallet pool. So it's not going to contribute to that. It says that it does still have a strong relationship with Costco in the US and its suppliers. However, not able to agree on commercial terms and price premiums. It does not expect a shortage of demand for its palace state side and expects to see continued improvement in the underlying profit through to FY25. So, do our experts find Brambles palatable? <laughs> Dad joke there. What do you think? I mean, as a sh- if you're an existing shareholder, are you breathing a sigh of relief? Is this prudent capital management at this time? Or are they missing out on a huge opportunity? Is it because it's plastic that they're not... Part of the reasoning, I was told, is, is that the price, the input cost prices for doing it, makes it uneconomic. Right. right. But then treated wood for their other pallets is pretty carcinogenic and they're really heavy and... And lumber's been and so lumber's expensive as well. Been expensive, so yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm not going to put the case for Brambles forward. I just want <laughs> so to know you want if you'd buy, hold or sell it. <laughs> okay. Uh, look, if you, uh, to your original question, if you hold it, I would definitely hold it. I think it was under takeover, but then wasn't under they takeover. Away, so yeah. they, they stepped away. So I think that there is definite um, uh, interest in the stock. Bramble's one of those stocks that really hasn't done much for the last 10 years. And if you look at the chart, it really, it's just moved sideways. It really hasn't done much. Um, yeah, so I think um, over the longer period, Bramble's been a good quality business, always in the top 20, top 50 stocks. So it always has that sort of institutional flow. But for me, it's not one that I invest in. So if you hold it, hold it. If no, no fresh capital at the moment, I think there's better places to be. Jim, yeah, I'm probably sitting there similarly. Uh, I'm currently not investing in Bramble, I think. But if you hold it, you hold it. Um, so this is we should experience a bit of relief rally on the back of that because people worry about all these investment that's going into it, all the ESG and all of these sort of things. Um, and then by them stepping away, is actually you will see you know five percent or so sort of uplift, a five to ten percent uplift. Mm. Um, but that's about it. Um, the you know, but in terms of fundamental, um, you know, lumber cost is a big cost for these guys, and that has since come back uh, 50% or so for this business. So result will be pretty good, it's pretty defensive, share price perform well relative to a weak market. So it's kind of just thereabouts. People tend to pair this company with Mcor, um, and relatively I prefer Mcor compared to Bramble, even though Agreed. Bramble, you know, on 17 times Mcor somewhat similar, but Mcor has had far more, you know, a lot of um, cost um, headwind in the last six months and now they're all coming off. So um, just, you know, relatively I think it's probably a bit more interesting compared to Bramble's. Yeah. I agree, Amcor's better better business. Mm. Got it. All, All right, guys, around. thank you. That's the stock of the day. Can we go to United Malt Group? This one is for Ashley. Ashley, I do hope you're watching. Remember, not financial advice, information only. You'll have to do your own research or get financial advice. United Malt Group. So its first half profit was about $10 million. It uh, reiterated its FY22 guidance when it reported back in May. It remained confident in the outlook after FY22. Are you confident that it will be able to continue to perform? Look, 
Look, it's, uh, I'm not sure. I guess this point company have disappointed quite a bit. Um, I am not 100% confident, but the, the level of comfort does come from um, they, the, the business has been impacted a lot by the COVID-related uh, disruptions and shutdown of all these um, breweries, right, really. Um, and it is a reopening trade. And this company, uh, the valuation is so cheap. <laughs> so it certainly provides quite a lot of support. Now, there might be start and stop in terms of, you know, recovery in earnings. Um, it is just sitting that lower end, um, mm. sort of, you know, the trading bands, you know, it, yeah. it looks, it's, a, it's got valuation support. Uh, it's not something I would put my money into, but, mm -hmm. you know, for a valuation play, it's probably more of a, you know, weak buy. Um, in that business, so it's it's cheap. It's cheap. And so it's cheap. yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. if if. If, if that's all it has going for it, would you be buying? No, I, I'm, this is not one that I would look at uh, going forward as well. Um, they've been they've been had a benefit from the COVID, but also then from um, the Russia-Ukraine war. There's a lot of malt that's been produced out of Ukraine that doesn't now is getting pushed through to Australia. This was a spin-off from uh, Grain Corp, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. So yeah. Um, it, it, it usually it usually does well after it's been left out from the parent, but this one doesn't look like it's actually done quite well. I think you prefer if I'm going to be in an ag stock, I prefer Elders as my pick. More diversified, got lots of other stuff going for it, um, and and you're not so beheld to the malt price, the grain price, the these kinds of prices, or the commodity price that it's in. So, more diversification, elders is a better play for me in that space. So it would be a no from me for United Malt Group. Got it. Now let's get on to Oz Minerals because we have seen copper prices being absolutely hammered as it often acts as a bellwether for economic growth around the world. Uh, but it is also used in the whole decarbonization push. So Scott saying, um, what about the pullback that we've seen in Oz Minerals? Um, also saw a bit of a downgrade on production guidance. He reckons that maybe those issues are transitory rather than stru structural. So again, asking, is this a good price to get in to Oz Minerals? Transitory, hey? Remember that yeah. word? Huh? Very unfashionable. Very though, unfashionable it? because yeah. it wasn't transitory. It's already the inflation staying with us. So, you know, that word transitory, I don't know about, was it Scott, was it? The, the gentleman? Yes, Scott. Scott. So, yeah, don't use that word, Scott. I think we've got to try something else. But anyway, um, I think Oz Minerals, um, with the downgrade, uh, as most resource companies have come out and confessed that the, probably it's not, going to be as, it's not going to be as good as what they did last time, I think that's put into the price. I'm going to say it's a buy. I think Oz Minerals is a great business. The structure of it's fantastic. The management know exactly what they're doing. They are very, very good at what they do. Um, they've just taken on another mine as well, which is going to extend their mine life. I'm really comfortable. I think the price has come down enough now to take advantage of that sort of negative uh, underproduction. So I'd stay with a buy on this one. Jimmy, I'm going to disagree because I've been speaking with a number of metals and mining analysts who say the next 12 to 18 months still not looking good for the price of copper. So potentially you could get Oz Minerals at cheaper. I mean, it's not down to where it was, you know, pre-pandemic. Um, I kind of agree on that basis um, because we had a lot of, because of COVID, we had a lot of um, supply disruptions um, while demand was very strong because of yep. electrification and everything else. And China was, you know, powering away um, last couple of years. Um, so, you know, copper price actually has been well supported. Um, in the next um, six to 12 months, the supply coming on is quite meaningful. Uh, so my overall view of the copper um, is probably more neutral to negative, just simply because one is supply 
supply coming on, and two is that the demand is falling off. Now, um, demand falling off, I think people is overplaying at the moment the whole commodity complex being sold off. <laughs> China is reopening, so you want to be re-leveraged into that space. Um, you know, we see great, uh, signs of you know increased stimulus and all of these things coming through, uh, and the borders are opening and um, you know reduced in uh, sort of um, uh, uh, you know vaccination. You know, all of that sort of things are happening in China. You want to be leveraged to a um, and commodity is a great place to be. And I think you know all of these names um, that will be well supported in the next six months, especially actually heading into the reporting season now that production is out of the way. So copper to me is something you want to buy on the dip, uh, and Oz Mineral is the best stock to be really buying. It's the highest quality. It used to be the cheap, most expensive mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Share price come off quite a bit, but maybe there's a you know a bit more short-term pain in the next few months just when things come back up. But you know what? You buy the copper really for the longer term. Um, so yeah, so for me it's a buy. Um, you know, but you do buy it for you know on a 12-month view or so. So medium term. Medium term. And, yeah. and another thing is that I think, you know, this will be quite apparent in the next few weeks, like you said, the confession season, especially across the resources companies. Most of them will have mm. produc- production downgrades yeah. simply because, you know, um, you know, there, there's disruptions across the supply chain. Um, it's been very challenging. We've seen that in the last reporting season for these guys. Um, and then we'll see it again. We'll start seeing it through the gold and we'll see it through these guys. Yeah. Um, almost every one of them will have downgrade to expectations just because of high cost. Um, and on the day they'll get sold off. Generally, they recover if it's a good company Mm -hmm. just timing yeah um look if we've got time at the end i might ask you a quick question about gold because a lot of viewers are wanting to know what's going on and if there's bargains there yeah okay let's though continue with what we're doing nick scally nck this is for marcus so again guys you know many many people i've been speaking to have been saying they wouldn't touch a discretionary retailer with a 10-foot pole would you (laughs) i think it's really tough for discretionary retailers um look they have such a great time because of the stimulus and people trapped at home they were spending a lot of money um, and housing is one of the areas people have spent a lot on mm. sofas and furniture so mm. um, these guys all have done very well even though they will tell you the pipeline is enormous because they couldn't supply yeah. literally to all the demand but pipeline can disappear quite quickly um, so you know so I think that's a challenging for environment for the um, especially housing related retailer um, I think someone just initiated um, I think Baron Joey just initiated with a buy um, I think the title is exactly right it says um, you know straw hat in the winter Mm. And this is what this company is at the moment. It just seems to be the wrong environment to hold this. <laughs> Earnings is going to be quite challenging over the next few years, really. Um, it's a great company. Uh, it's got roller potential. It's got all of that. It's just um, it's going to be very challenging. Now, remember, 12 months ago, we were talking about e-commerce businesses. Remember, we were saying, oh, it's going to go through cha- challenging periods. Um, let's see how they respond because competition will pick up and all of that. And look at the share price. All of them are far, so far lower than what we expected at the time just because... You know, when earning keeps getting downgraded and when competition picks up across retail space, we just don't know how bad it can get because mm. it's a fixed cost business, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I think just a challenging environment for this business. Um, I, I wouldn't be touching them at the moment. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think I was on the show maybe two months ago, three months ago, and we were talking about Nick's Gallery. The question came up and it was about $10. And I said, look, I'm getting out for my clients. I think, you know, and now at eight bucks, uh, I still think that there's further downside to go. Albeit Nick Scarlett is one of the best inventory management systems in the not in the world, in Australia. These guys know how to manage their inventory. It takes you six months to get a couch because it's got to get made. It's not sitting in a showroom. They're, they've got some really good structure behind it. But that discretionary spend is just going to get weaker and weaker. And this is perfectly in that space. 
The only one that I do like is is Universal, mm -hmm. uh, UNI. Have you seen that one, Jumpe? I've seen that one. My kids shop at that yeah. UNI. And right. Um, so that one is is future proof from uh, from interest rate rises because. You're living with mum and dad. Millennials don't worry about mortgages or Share interest rates. Share price has been under pressure, though. Correct. And it did have a downgrade, sector. didn't it? Uh, it look, I think because it of the disruption, it, but then, then it, it came, came back. back. Yeah, they came and back. And it's gone past, uh, gone lower than its IPA price and now just gone back up again. That's a clear signal that something's yeah. going So I, I think on top of that, so I like LaVisa as well. I want to throw yes, that in. Because, you know, you, people, so, that, you know, investors are just selling the whole sector, right? And this is where right. you see opportunity. And things, you want to buy things. The one is has a reopening thematic to it. So LaVisa was hurt because there's no going out and trinkets yep. and mm -hmm. everything. And now events coming back and people still spending on outgoing events and restaurants and these sort of things. So that company is well leverage and you like like Universal it's not a mature retailer you buy a retailer that has mm. its own store rollout store you're going rollout. to new regions yeah. and all of that and yeah. they will far outpace in terms of growth compared to the mature retailer so that the cycle they will experience will be much smaller compared to you know the likes of JB and likewise the share price was under pressure but it looks as if it's just starting to tick up as well all right we got a lot out so of that one bonus I know I love my <laughs> bonus, bonus buys. buys all right let's get to number four on the list this is Clinival CUV for Talia, and she's pointed to you specifically, June Bay. Um, what do you think of Clinival? Look, um, many years ago, I looked into this company. I just felt um, it was way too expensive for its own product. Um, and um, and then since the share price has come back, but overall, the biotech space has come back. Um, to me, it is a business that, um, you know, its product is targeting a very rare disease. And so the addressable market is quite small. Um, and in the last few years, I think they're trying to develop into a few new areas. Actually, I'm not sure whether they hit some of those mm -hmm. milestones yet. I don't think they have yet. So, you know, so the overall addressable market is actually quite quite small for the you know the core product where they're good at um, so yeah so to me it's harder to really justify you know and capitalize on the future earnings so for me it's a little bit too hard I know this company has very strong following so a lot of biotech investors like really really love this one um, but for me you know it's just a bit harder as a general equity investor into this one one thing I do like in that whole space is uh, Aroa um, you know it's a, it's a equivalent to Polynovo smaller cheaper um, and um, they're, they're not the synthetic space they use the sheepskin to really use uh, use healing wounds and things. Um, they actually got a lot of clinical st study to support their, um, their 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 outcome, and then they actually have a lot of contracts with hospitals already. Um, if anything, actually they far event feel far advanced than compared to the Polynoble, but much smaller. Um, so that one we do like. Shepherd is sort of under a lot of pressure compared to um, similar as every other tiny microcap. Mm. Um, but to us, this is something that on you know on a few years view is going to do very well. What was the name of it again? Uh, Aroa. Aroa. I know that one. We've talked about yeah, this before yeah. yeah and and interesting just a sentiment about the biotech space mm. i mean again if these share prices are very beaten up now might be the opportunity because the cycle will will turn yeah that's right so you tend to so this is a funny um, observation of the market over the last few decades is that um, you know when CSL does well um, the little biotech tend to follow over time um, in the US they run a very different cycle so when big farmers do well then biotech do really well because big farmer go out and buy them out mm -hmm. and then the valuation rallies um, and then whereas here they tend to follow what CSL is doing and CSL clearly has been under pressure yeah. because it's expensive and because earnings was hurt by the COVID lockdown and now on the next 12 months or 12 to 
couple of years um, is things looking very, very strong for CSL. And I do think that following the juniors uh, will do will so certainly follow that um, that that follow suits. Uh, but do be very careful. Invest across biotech, especially early stage biotech. Yeah, You've yeah. got to know your stuff. Yeah, it always comes with that caveat. Mm. Um, so uh, learning from history. History often echoes, doesn't it? It does. And with this share price down about about fifty percent. Over the last sort of uh, year or so, it's been a tough one for these guys. So for me, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't understand biotech, so I don't invest in them. So that's my first thing. The second thing is, is that I've always been hit pretty hard with these biotechs, and that chart will show, tells you a lot uh, about what's actually happened with this stock. And also, it's interesting to note a couple of months ago, we did see some non-executive directors selling some of their stock. Not that that's a bellwether for anything, but it does mean that they uh, potentially can see a little bit more than what the market can and uh, was getting out of some of that stock. So for me, it's a no. Um, I'd rather be in things that I understand. And yeah, it's just a tough space at the moment. All right, let's get on to the next company. This is for Yaz, who's a regular viewer and listener. Hello, Yaz. You're lucky to have these two here with you today. Wondering about a view on ALS. ALQ is the ticker code. Um, he sort of runs through what it does. It's global testing, um, inspection and certification. It happens across the mining. I think it started out as a mining services company, it but was, now yeah. it's going right. to Campbell's. pharmaceutical and food testing and life science. Yep. This week, <clears throat> excuse me, made a bid for HRL. Um, so Yaz is just looking you know, for some guidance, I suppose, on whether this uh, deal is a good one for ALS, what you think about the company. Yeah, so um, HRL has accepted the bid, so that that is uh, accepted the takeover offer, and ALS is offering around sixteen cents for it. So I think that um, and the HRL board recommends that that's a great outcome for shareholders. So I think that's all sort of been mm -hmm. sewn up and, and done with, which is quite good. But the the testing and services business. Look, it's, it was a fantastic business. Now, now they've got a lot of employees. They've got a lot of overheads. There's a lot of staff that needs to go in. They've got a lot of countries around the world that they need to be in so they can get the samples from the mines to come in instead of trucking those samples halfway around the world. So they've got to be in these, uh, these larger areas, and it's just a massive drag on the business. Um, for me, it's something that I've never been really invested in Due to the fact that mining services businesses, uh, and I guess you can class this a mining services business, but it's a lab testing business, um, but they, they always struggle because mining companies are always watching every dollar that goes out. And basically everyone says, well, there's a commodity boom on. Why, aren't the, why isn't the mining services businesses starting to move? Well, the reason is, is these mining businesses watch every single dollar that goes out and they'll, they'll, they'll they'll take off spending or they'll pull back spending for another six months just to make sure that their balance sheet is right. So for me, this one hasn't been a great one. Um, it was a fantastic business, but now uh, I'm a seller of this business. I think it's too much overheads and it's the wrong part of the cycle to be in. So I'd be careful. Interesting. Uh, we had Morgan's <clears throat> upgrading it to add in the wake of that deal. Macquarie has an outperform, Credit Suisse outperform. What do you make of it? Oh, look, um, I like the deal. I think it makes sense. And I like the business as well. Um, yes, part of the business is um, you know mining services, um, uh, essentially minor exploration linked, and they go and test all the sites before mm -hmm. they explore. Um, and, uh, and then big exposure is actually across gold. So you need the gold price to generally do well, and then junior miners to go and spend money. And then these guys are sort of, you know, six to 12 month delay 
point after the gold price peak. Um, so yeah, so this company and that sort of business is actually doing quite well. Now, um, what this company has been doing the last many years is actually growing that environmental side of things. So now it's almost 50% of the business and that side of business, you know, you're ESG friendly and all of that and um, and it's extremely defensive. Um, and then they are taking share, they're growing really fast, very yeah. rapid. That's a much higher multiple business. So, you know, now that right now uh, share prices come off, um, people worry about, you know, miner, you know, you sell the miner and then you anything linked to the miner. So as a mining service is being sold off quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I do like the environmental side of business while at the same time, the mineral side of business hasn't really fallen off. It's still growing quite fast. So I do like it for the time being, given it's reasonably um, much cheaper. Um, and, um, and then the other defensive side of the business. And it's been often talked about as a M&A um, target mm -hmm. as well, just because, you know, it's, it's, it's got a great business. It's a buy. Yeah, it's a buy. Got it. Thank you. And that brings us to the halfway mark. So let me just recap briefly. We've got a hold for Brambles. If you're in it, stay there. But both of my guests prefer Amcor. Jumi says what you're seeing right now is a bit of a relief rally uh, that will, should wash through and probably top up, top out at about 5% to the upside. United Malt Group, it's a no for, for uh, what's your name, Adam? Adam yeah, Dawes from Sean Partners, my apologies. It is very cheap in Jumbe's view, but it's not a buy. Um, they, well, Adam at least prefers elders in the space. It's just uh, very looking very cheap, does admit that. Okay, Oz Minerals for Scott, it is a buy from both of my guests. It's cheap right now. Adam says it's quality. Jumbe agrees. Nick Scali, uh, look, it is not a buy. It's in a very tough spot in this cycle. But uh, Adam's offered up Universal Stores as a bonus buy, and Jumbe came to the party, and she's offered up Visa as a bonus buy, but both would not be buying Nick Scali. Clinuvel, it's a no from both of my guests. And then you've just heard ALS, it's a buy. So we've got a bit of a Bit of a standoff here. It's a buy for Jim Bay and it's a no for Adam Jaws. Although I think when Jim Bay was speaking, you were looking a little bit more convinced on that front. No, not really. Nah. Nah. Okay. <laughs> Let's get to the portfolio, shall we? Thanks, Adam. And uh, we're tracking our own high conviction fund, which is picked by our investment committee. The next episode is out next week, in fact. Uh, so this is where the portfolio stands right now. West Farmers, Elders, ResMed were added. Uh, most recently, shifting the original allocations around a bit. So keep sending your requests in. And this double buy from my guests today, Oz Minerals, will be put to the investment committee next time they meet. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools. Plus, our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. We're back. Wonderful to be here with you as well. Look, we'll be talking about Woodside. That's for Matt. Uh, also, ComputerShare, BetaShare's Global Agricultural Companies ETF. That's for Rosie. Greg's asked for DDH1, which I don't know anything about. So looking forward to hearing about that. And Sigma Healthcare SIG. My guests in studio, Jim Bailu from Tribeca Investment Partners and Adam Dawes from Shaw and Partners. Okay, guys, let's get cracking. Let's start with Woodside. 
And uh, Scott writes in, or sorry, Matt writes in, what a special group of people you are all. <laughs> Quick question on Woodside Energy, we'll soon see. Late last year, it was Adam Dawes himself said he put a buy on this stock, said that it was a good company. Now, you've been proven right, haven't okay, you, Adam? Okay, stop there. <laughs> I know. Stop there, shut Oil the show. Oil price, obviously, looking pretty good. Um, but he's saying, is it a buy, hold, or sell now? I mean, keeping in mind the dividend yield, keeping in mind, I've been told, the likelihood of cash being returned to shareholders. These results in August, you've got to think, will be good. Yeah. Would you buy it now, though? Okay, so there's there's a, there's a couple of moving parts, and uh, thank you very much, Matt, for uh, those lovely words of how I got it right. Not often happens, but anyway, um, look, I, I think overall um, we have to take a bit bit of a broader view here. Do you think the Russia-Ukraine situation is going to get worked out in the next three months, the next six months, the next year? Potentially the next year it might get sorted out, but certainly not in the next three months. So I think that Woodside is still looking very attractive at these levels. However. There's this, going to be this massive integration now that they've got with this uh, oil and gas asset that they've just bought from BHP, and that is going to take some time to really sort of work through, get some indigestion problems going, and try and get some synergies out of that. That still remains to be seen if they can do that without tripping up anywhere, which is, might be a little bit difficult for this company because it's such a large asset going forward. If the oil price stays above $100, I'm really comfortable. Um, we all do remember through the COVID period where oil went into negative, right? So basically it can can happen like that. I think anything with a $30 in front of it, I think you'd, you'd definitely be looking to buy this. I think the reporting season is going to be good. The market's definitely behind it at the moment. Um, and there's, there's this case of also now uh, a lot of shareholders, uh, BHP shareholders, have got Woodside shares. Now, they're not probably natural shareholders, but that they would have got a small holding in their, in their chess account. They would have potentially already sold that. That would have already now come out. So there's that extra pressure that would have been over the stock from uh, when it first, I think it was uh, June, uh, somewhere around there, that stock came along. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that pressure's finished. I think I'm okay with that as well. Pretty comfortable with Woodside. Oil price has to hold up. And I think if we see a result from Russia and Ukraine, oil price is going to come under $100, which means Woodside is going to come under some pressure. So I'd be careful. Uh, I think that's the barometer, what the oil price is going to do. But I think it's going to stay over $100. So I'm comfortable with a buy on Woodside. Comfortable with a buy on Woodside. So you're not selling to cash in any of the gains that you've made? No, because I've already topped up everybody from the BHP shareholders yeah. that had small ones. So I've topped them up to make it a more meaningful holding. 5% of clients' portfolios' weightings. Um, I think it's going to be a good reporting season. Uh, Woodside's been ex-growth now for many, many years, and now they're getting the growth because they've got this oil and gas asset. It's a great asset that they've, they've brought in, um, and they are going to be cash positive. So I think the, 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 the wind is behind their tail. I think they're going to do okay. It's just all predicated on the oil price, and if the oil price starts to move lower, if Russia gets or Ukraine gets sorted out, then you get out. That's a lot of uh, disclaimer, Andrew. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of disclaimer. Well, that's right. I got it right last time. I hope <laughs> I'm going right. to get it right this time. Look, that's the thing with uh, you know, investing in the share market that you need to take calculated risk. And um, you know, yeah. one of the big risks is that it's commodity company. So if the oil price goes down, it will go down, um, no matter how good it is. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's actually got a great asset from BHP. Um, and uh, it's just the price moves, it moves. Now, our view in terms of the oil, we do think it will be reasonably supported. Um, because even if we have um, Russia 
Russia, Ukraine sorted out. Um, the sanction isn't likely to go away. That's very no. hard to see that get removed. Now, uh, Europe is working its way out on how to deal with it, and they will find ways to deal with it, yeah. right? Just means structurally a little bit more support for the oil price for the time being. And given the volatility also in the oil prices and the ESG focus and everything, you won't have any more new investment around the world, additional right. shale and all of these. Shale is not happening. You know, yeah. in the old days, the shale used to switch on just like that. And we haven't seen any. The, the, mm. the rig count hasn't improved. So there's no supply coming out while demand is constraint. Um, and then China's coming on, don't forget. Um, I know the rest of the world may slow somewhat, but everyone needs to take that one international trip. So the jet fuel demand, which used to be the swing factor, is going to be very strong. China's coming back up. Um, you've got sanctioning in place, and then you've got you know, no, no supply coming on. So that probably means that oil prices, yes, it may briefly dip below 100 because of tactical and all of that. Mm. Uh, it will come back up. So, you know, so it's very hard to see that coming off. Um, so, you know, on that basis, I do think Woodside is probably one of the best ones. Great assets, uh, great cash flow, um, and um, underperformed a little bit at the moment um, because mm. people worry about growth and things. Um, I think you take a 12-month view, I think we'll do fine. So at this price, $31 yeah, roundabout there. Absolutely, yeah. It's a buy. Mm. We've got a couple of them, folks. So that's uh, for you, Matt. Uh, thanks for keeping track of the performance of the recommendations of our guests as well. Oh, trust me, I get emails when, uh, when they're not right. When they're not right. Um, yeah, yeah. Computer share for Jonah, CPU. Computer share does benefit when there is a interest rate environment that is on the upward swing. And that's what we're seeing here mm. and around the world, Junbei. Absolutely. Based on if you put in the current um, the current uh, uh, bond yield curve, um, th that which is the expectations for future interest rate, you put that into computer shares uh, earnings expectations, despite enormous amount of upgrade that took place in the last six months, uh, earning will still be 50% higher if everyone put the current spot rate in. Um, and so, you know, so the upgrade cycle is tr well and truly um, in for this company in the next 12 to 18 months. It's going to be very strong. Now, share price has outperformed mm -hmm. a lot. So what that means is that people are capitalizing on that. People know this is coming through. So it's in the expectations, uh, even though consensus analysts haven't upgraded earnings, but multiples expanded. So if we have any stabilization in the um, in the bond yield in the you know future interest rate increase you know so we know with the rate increase is 50 basis point or 75 basis point if at some point fed start turning a little bit dovish as in they become go oh we might pause for a little bit mm -hmm. this company will crater it's not because earnings not going higher earnings still will be upgraded it's just that um, it's been such a safe haven mm -hmm. in the current environment yep. it just outperformed everything else so much for me it's more of a neutral to a mild positive because I think earnings still going higher. It's just you have to be mindful that there's a lot of money already parked there waiting for those upgrades to come through. Yeah, I mean, the chart sort of says it all. Even mm. though computers share sometimes on mm. down days for tech reflects the negative sentiment, um, yeah. really to June Bay's point, it's been largely one-way traffic for computer shares. People hook on to you know mm. its qualities in the rising interest rate environment. So at $24.88, would you buy? Yeah, it's a little bit tough up at these levels here. Um, so how they reap the benefits from higher interest rates is, is that they, they get a lot of dividends that are held from people mm -hmm. that don't have a bank account, um, are dead, you know, all these kinds of things. And they're able to use that higher interest rates to reap that capital that they get out of that or higher interest and then put that back into the business. So hence why it's that sort of uptick in the interest rates going forward. But where the share price is at the moment, I think it's run too hard. And I totally agree with Jumbei um, that over the next uh, six months to 12 months, we're going to get some dovish kind of commentary from the Fed uh, as well as our market saying, look, 
you know, and I've even heard to end of 2023 that interest rates are going to come off after. I mean, seriously, guys, we're just, you know, we're going around and around in circles here. But um, that that's what's going to happen. So, yeah, I'd be really cautious up here at these levels. If you hold it, definitely hold it because it's been a fantastic business. I've got a lot of clients with a lot of computer share and I could sort of ring them and say, how about we think about yeah. selling some? No, no, this one's going to me with the graves like CSL. I just can't, can't get them to sell it, which is fine because it's done very, very well. But up 35% over the last 12 months, it's had a great run. I'd be cautious at these levels with fresh capital. Because it is important to know when to sell as well. Well, that's the only time you make money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but there's a reluctance, is there? You know, oh, there's a reluctance. Even, even when you've got markets that are coming under this type of pressure? Yeah, 100%. So someone asked me the other day, Endeavour, is, it, it's held up. It's, it's mm. you know, defied gravity. Really, it has. It's, and I think it's a, it's a great stock. But, you know, why is it defied gravity? Is it's turn, is it's turn to, like, computer shares it's turned to have that you know that fall um, but people get emotionally invested in these things and um, from that it's very very difficult to get them to pry it yeah even if you think there's opportunities to, to take advantage of opportunities you need cash absolutely and I think um, just remember the experience with the Woolworth and Coles you know the staple space maybe three months ago just before they were sold off everyone was hiding in the Woolworth and Coles thinking mm-hmm. they've got pricing power inflation is great for them and all of yeah. that and um, and then um, you know the share price went through the roof um, no one wants to sell it even though the market was selling off but they were still holding strong and, and all of a sudden they realized actually right. it's consumer stock um, all over US um, they under enormous amount of pressure Walmart, because it's through yeah. people trading down and costs going through the roof and people just realized actually you know and then the share price came through it literally came down 10-15% straight away within the week yeah. um, so you know a computer share will have that kind of experience just because you know everyone's considering this is a safe haven interest rate beneficiary um, and but banks you know, three months ago, everyone mm-hmm. was sitting in banks and then suddenly recession. Oh, God, sell banks. And banks mm-hmm. went down 10, 15% within a few days. Yeah. Um, so this will happen to this company. We just don't know at which point, <laughs> but it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, to me, it's, um, you know, made a lot of money. Um, you can certainly halve some of your positions and put into other things that's been sold off so much. Yeah. yeah. Great chat, guys. Let's get on to number eight on the list, though. And this is the BetaShares Global Agricultural Companies ETF. It's much quicker to just say food. That's its ticker, F-O-O-D. This is for Rosie. So you already said that you like elders. Yeah. Uh, is that because of the way that elders is run, that it is uh, now a pretty lean, mean machine? Yes. Or, or is it that food thematic? Uh, well, it, it's definitely that food thematic. I definitely think that that's something that everybody should potentially have in their portfolio. But everybody asks me about Grain Corp or they ask me about New Farm or they ask me about... Um, other ag stocks and they're all tied to their commodity price yeah so if wheat goes up grain corp goes up um tassel you know all those kinds of things so elders is like the macquarie bank of the agricultural sector it's got financial planning it's got the the machines Mm -hmm. the property all of that kind of stuff so more diversified you're not in one commodity you're in this this sort of beast that's a little bit better um there's a lot of insos out there that are saying that um, agriculture is as good as it's ever going to get right at the moment because you've got winter crop, you've got summer crop, you've got great water, you know, everything's moving in the right direction for it. Um, but that, that train has sort of started to unwind a little bit as well. So um, it, for me, safety, uh, elders is a better uh, business. But certainly looking at this food one, it's about 59% of it is in the US. So you've got to be a little bit careful about sort of how you want your geography um, uh, situated. And certainly some of the big companies in there, I think they've got, um, 
Monsanto, which is the big seed producer. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of it's sort of more a lot of the chemicals and stuff that go into the food production versus yeah. the actual uh, agri. When you think about everything that we've been ta- sorry to interrupt, yeah, no, but no, like, we'll get back to it. But like it's, considering everything we've been talking about, food, food shortages, war in Ukraine, it's not perform that well um, because it's um, the the prices of soft commodities that really unwind mm. in the last mm-hmm. few weeks um, and uh, despite you know current the war in Ukraine and things it's just people start worrying about the recession mm-hmm. um, and the whole entire space even fertilizer um, space uh, has really come off so um, you know you see that red pit sell off um, in mm-hmm. the last few weeks really Sorry, Adam. So you like? Do you like what's under the hood in this one? Well, uh, talking about under the hood, thirty-three percent of it is in fertilizer and ag chemicals. Okay, so that shows you that's the new farm businesses, that's you know, those kinds of things, and then packaged and meats is about twenty-five percent of it. So. It is food, and they're trying to give, I guess, a broad scope of uh, fertilisers and meat and production and all those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, I'd be, I'd be just a little bit cautious. I, I like the idea of feeding the world. I think you know that, that it's actually absolutely a theme that will continue to go on, and I think that theme is a very good theme. However, with that sort of pullback, soft commodities coming off a bit. Um, you know, we've seen that inflation story. It's now starting to unwind. I think you'd be okay just to sit out of this one for the moment. If we get some more unrest, if we get another spike in inflation, another spike in inflation, if, if it continues to go higher, potentially, then yeah, you could have a look at this one. But I'd prefer it stay in Australia. If you need the international exposure, food is probably the one to go for, the beta shares one. But I prefer Elders. I think it's a better run company, better business, and um, it's the Macquarie Bank of the ag sector. No, I've never heard that before. Yeah. I'll remember that, though, there Adam. You You're Thank welcome. You. Thank yes, you. Yes. What do you think? I mean, talk to Elders, but also talk to the food ETF. Yeah, look, I think um, I'm ag- I agree with uh, Adam that, um, you know, you always find the company, um, you know, find the company you want to invest in rather than the ETF because ETF give you, yes, diversify, but somebody else is running it for you. So you've got to yeah. be comfortable in what they put into. So you need to do your homework. Uh, Whereas, um, you know, the overall food thematic, I think it is here to stay. Mm. Um, the pullback is really provides buying opportunity, right? So, um, you know, we're talking to soft commodities come off and everything just based on the ETF prices. They come off to where before the war started. Now, there's uh, there's a few structural issues happening now because of the war and Ukraine's big supply of grain and a couple of other soft commodities. Um, a lot of those plants are not being planted for next year. And also given how high the fertilizer prices was um, a few months ago, yeah. A lot of um, crop um, or farmers have talked about not putting in the crop this year because just not worthwhile. So if anything, I think next 12 months, in 12 months, next year this time, we'll be really talking about more shortages in terms mm. of grain and things. Mm. So I actually think the prices, even though you'll see a short-term dip because of war and all of that, um, it will find its way back up again just because it takes time. These things take lead time. Um, so, you know, so you know, you really should be looking at trying to have something in the portfolio that is whether it's elders or, you know, with Grain Corp and, you know, Grain mm. Corp has had great growing conditions, mm. but you've got to have something um, in your portfolio that gives you that thematic exposure. Could it be a Costa Group? I think Costa Group is, is, is actually looking pretty good. Only thing at this point, I'm a little bit worried, so they do have a lot of debt. Um, so right now, because the interest rate is going higher, you've got to be start checking every company that has a lot of debt. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And the rains as well. I think they... The rains affecting, the, yeah. Yeah, the mushrooms and strawberries. 
I mean, you could look at, I mean, dare I say it, but BHP is it's sold its oil and gas but moving into potash, mm-hmm. right? And then they don't do anything like that without a 20 to 50 year view yeah. on, mm, on exactly. what's going to happen. So they see food shortage happening. They mm. see agriculture starting to slow down and they need they see potash as a way to re-fertilise the soil, mm. make it more agrable, and then from there it can continue on. So, um, yeah, you, you could potentially look at a BHP for some kind of uh, agricultural exposure. Okay, well, let's go there. BHP, does that represent good value right now? Are you asking for opinion? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be absolutely buying into this result. Um, uh, you're, you're, the, they will have a buyback, and that will so well support the share yeah. price. And then the dividend yield will be something in the double digit. It will be incredible. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, you want to be in there. Well, I won't go. I won't go past the experts there. I'm going to say I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think it's a great, great business. We'll do well. Okay, it's just such an interesting time in markets. I wish we had all day, but let's get to well, this company, DDH1. Uh, this is for Greg saying he bought in, and I like the context at around a dollar per share, March 2022, so March of this year. But he's watched the price head south ever since. He reckons the fundamentals look good. He thinks it's well-managed, uh, trading below book value, net profits nearly 20%, no debt, high dividend yield, forecast future earnings growth of more than 18% per year. Thank you, did it for me. Largest drilling fleet in Australia. Um, and it's been acquisitive over the past couple of years. So he's saying, what am I missing? Is the commodity boom over already? Many people are questioning this. We've got fears of inflation. We had copper down 20% the price in the yep. last quarter. So is DDH1 a victim of that, or is there something else? <coughs> so a couple of things. Go back to your mining services. Yes, yeah. we're back to our mining services point. Mm-hmm. So a couple of things is that, um, especially in drill rigs, as we talked about, drill rig count really isn't growing. That's in the oil and gas space. But anywhere, that drill rig count really isn't uh, growing. Now, these guys have got one of the largest fleets in Australia. But you always, when you're looking at a mining services company, you always look at the utilisation rate. And the utilisation rate is basically how much of, if you've got 10 rigs or 100 rigs, how many of those are being used at any one time. Now, DDH has got 73% utilisation at the moment which means that 30% of its fleet, under 30%, 30% of its fleet is not being used. And that's probably why the share price has, has, hasn't been so fantastic over of late because that utilisation rate should be closer to 95 to 90, 90 to 95%. Plus also then uh, they've got four segments of their drilling and one of those segments is a directional drill, which is really quite complicated drilling. And that's about 63% of its revenue. So. Most mining companies like really simple drilling, which is going basically straight down for as far as they can go, uh, pull out the ore coil, the core sample, send it off to the ALS labs to be, uh, to be looked at, and then they get a, a, an understanding of what's going on. But the directional drilling is, is obviously quite different and very quite technical. And most mining companies don't like technical because that means there's extra, extra costs. So if they're having to pull that kind of rig out, they're generally doing that once they've uh, and made it inferred resource or, or basically got their square and plugged lots of holes to find out what's going on but then they need to do one more hole across or down hole to get a real quantification of what the actual resource is looking like so it's not as much needed as potentially when you just got the normal rig that just punches holes into the ground I'm getting the feeling this is too hard basket for you 
Uh, it, it is because one, the utilisation rate, two, that it is quite complex and uh, three, mining services companies have really not taken advantage of this cycle of the commodity boom. So it's a little bit left behind. So it's so not it's one So it's trading at about 75 cents. Would you maybe even exit? Yeah, the, the chart looked, yeah, the chart looked like it just... Had a little bit of an uptick A little bit of an recently, uptick, yeah. yeah, recently. So potentially that is, you know, Matt's, uh, what was, uh, sorry, what was Greg, Greg. saying? He was saying uh, he, he bought got in a, a dollar. dollar. So... Yeah, maybe wait a little bit longer. See if this last is this little rally potentially has a little bit more steam mm -hmm. with it. Um, but yeah, for me, it's nothing that I put fresh money in. But Jimbe, like every day, we've got you know explorers putting releases out to the ASX. As long as my arm, the list is. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be a demand for this product. Oh, look, there is good demand for this product. Um, our, um, our small cap fund actually quite like this one. Uh, they feel the management is great, well-run business, uh, great track record, all of that, you know, great balance sheet, all of that. Exactly what the viewer is saying. It's, uh, you know, they really love it. Now it's being sold off um, mainly because, um, you know, mining service just really struggle. It just seems the entire mining service space in the last year or two just really failed to capitalize on that, you know, the, the commodity mm -hmm. boom, um, partly because of staff and finding people mm -hmm. and partly because of you know some of the fresh mine just you know miners are very careful with the capex the new fresh capex they're mm -hmm. spending um, so yeah so to me uh, um, I, I don't have a strong preference for you know mining services ALQ I like because big part of the business mm -hmm. is the environmental side of things and it's not super expensive um, so this one if the mining which in my view that commodity prices will come back as China reopening in the next six months so this one potentially will do okay it's not expensive and all of that um, but it's not something I will put a hold on it mm -hmm. um, but it's not something I'll rush out and buy just because the cyclical component of its business um, and you know if the utilization is only sitting at 70 percent um, it's not great for mm -hmm. services. all right so Greg that's a, a view from both of our expert guests here good luck making your decision and again this is information only it's not financial advice for your particular circumstances okay so let's get to Sigma Healthcare for Tony he's a long-term holder he's considering selling However, he's uh, having second thoughts because, um, yeah, the rally is looking okay. So any opinion on whether you should sell Sigma if you're a long-term holder? We'll get the chart up so yeah, I think, I think I think um, if you're a long-term holder of this one, um, the, 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 yeah, there's a lot of competition in this space. So these guys uh, do pharmaceuticals, so they sell to a lot of hospitals. Yep. They, they move a lot of that kind of stuff, but they're also in the chemist space. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a really tough space. So let's just talk about the chemist space for a second. I mean, obviously, Chemist Warehouse is the biggest, the baddest in the space, but they only have 10% market share, but they're over 50% of the volume, right? So that shows you that something that a small well, small company like Chemist Warehouse is doing a pre-IPO round at the moment, and they're looking to IPO in the next uh, in the next 12 months. That would be something that you put definitely put in the bottom drawer. But I think because of that uh, of that volume that they do push through, I think you'd be careful with Terry Wright's um, and all these other chemists that are going there. And then the second part of Sigma's business is all about uh, selling those drugs or getting those drugs out to the hospitals and things like that. That's always a bit of a tough one as well. Uh, hospitals are very much watching their bottom line as well. So look, for me, um, I prefer um, staying, I guess, in the healthcare space, but not in the pharmaceutical space. So I, I guess a ResMed or a CSL is, is, is where I would gravitate to versus uh, something like that. And we have seen some uh, form, uh, and some insider trading going on with Sigma as well. There was a, um, just last week, uh, I think one of the uh, executives were, was put in jail for insider trading. So 
little things like that just don't, it doesn't pass the smell test for me. So I'd be careful here. Um, it'd be a no from me. Thank you. What do you think about Sigma? Given the context, he's held it for a really long time, was looking to sell, but now wondering if the charts are saying, hang on. Um, I think the charts is probably saying the resistance at 70 cents. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, not that I'm a, char uh, a read yeah, charts, yeah. but I do feel um, it is a very hard business. Um, Margins you know, are very thin, right? Very thin. Yeah. And it's literally um, because they, they deliver pharmaceutical and the agreement with the government is essentially saying, I'm not going to make money from delivering pharmaceutical um, because they have to be on demand delivery to the yeah. most remote places. And a pharmacy can call them you know, once a day. They have to deliver once a day and they have to do it whether it's profitable or not. Um, that's across every you know mandated category um, mm. on the on the um, government list. So you know, so that's a loss-making business. And what they're hoping to make money is by selling everything else. You know, the front they call it the front of pharmacy stuff. Um, and that's why previously they wanted to merge. You know, get bigger and better, right? And pharma, uh, Chemist Warehouse has done very well mm. by doing so, selling the front of the store things. You know, pharmaceutical other stuff, not pharmaceutical. Um, so this company very thin margin. And then the M&A went through the market. I think. API was bought. API Correct. had a great brand. So, you know, price lines mm -hmm. very different. It's got that feminine, uh, you know, female appeal. It's got that sister club. Um, yep. So that was very attractive to a buyer. Whereas you know, Sigma just didn't have it. And Sigma used to supply. Well, actually, still supply um, the back office for um, for Chemist Warehouse. That's after a few years of uh, fighting. Yeah. Um, so that's um, it's it's just a very tough business. I really wouldn't be holding it. Um, and it's going nowhere. The new CEO um, is going through a bit of challenges as well. You know, Mark Cooper used to run mm -hmm. this business like his own private business so after he left. Um, you've got a new management team who probably will do okay, but we're just not sure where some of the costs and things might come from. So it's just too hard. Just no. too hard basket. There you go, Tony. Um, I hope that helps you make your decision regardless. Look, I said if we had time that we could just chat quickly about gold because the gold miners have been hammered. I mean, Evolution Mining was sold down by 20% on Monday and then the next day as well after some broker downgrades I think came through. But I know you like the big gold miners or you have in the past. Mm. So again, is this one of those opportunities that are just sort of screaming you know, at investors? Yeah, look, so I think uh, that's after the earnings downgrade. So as I mentioned before, all the gold miners will have very tough production reports. So we saw you know, Northern Stars and everything come off. For me, I always believe gold has a place in the portfolio. Um, I keep it reasonably neutral-ish, but you know, gold is something that people a you know, little while ago was saying, oh, let's sell gold because the inflation is picking up and everything. But don't forget, it, gold can, ha, used to be used as inflation hedge and right. as um, a recession hedge. So, you know, during the heydays, right? So right now, and then a few months ago, people were saying, oh, we don't need gold. We got Bitcoin. Um, so that's the new hedge, but it's not. So, you know, I actually always believe gold has a place in your portfolio. Don't worry about, you know, this short-term, people's short-term view here and there. They're very volatile, don't have big positions, um, but stay with the big miners. Mm -hmm. um, just have some Either. The reason why I think Evolution got hit harder than the rest of them is mm. that they, yes, they had their confession session, and yes, they came out and said, okay, we're going to have, uh, we're downgrading 2 to 3%, mm -hmm. but then they took it a step further and said, financial year 2023 and 24, yeah. we're reducing our numbers as well. And I think that's why they got hit a little bit harder than potentially the rest. But staying here in the big space, Newcrest for me, Evolution, Northern Star, uh, they're all fantastic. Um, you know, I, I'm just really quite um, comfortable with gold. I prefer the GOLD, which is mm. the ETF, which is just the commodity. 
because then you overlay everything else with uh, risk on company, risk this, risk that, someone's going to die, those kinds of things. So yeah, the GOLD, I think 5% in anybody's portfolio, because I do think it is going to be a good hedge against inflation. It still has a $10 trillion market cap. It ain't going anywhere. Bitcoin, on the other hand, is already halved and not halved mm. again. Um, and I think we're, everyone investors in those ones are licking their wounds a little bit and saying, okay, where can we go next? So I think gold should do well. Um, but it's really interesting to see how they've all started to come out at the same time. Mm. And labour shortages is a big key. Yeah. COVID, weather, you know, the list goes on. So still comfortable with the gold space. Got it. Thank you. Let's just sum up what we've learned in this past half hour. Uh, Woodside, it is a buy for both of my guests. I'm very comfortable if it's got a three in front of it, so in the 30s. And Jume gave us her thesis on oil, and she reckons that it will remain elevated. The price will remain elevated. Computer share, too expensive for Adam to buy right now. Jume is a bit neutral on it, but she does say that there will be a sell-off coming if we get any sort of a whiff of dovishness coming from central bankers. Now, the food ETF, a um, little cautious on that. Uh, Adam, as you heard, really does prefer elders. Um, Jumbe agrees that you want to find the company to invest in rather than the ETF, so she's not recommending the food ETF. DDH, it's a hold for Jumbe. Uh, it's in the too hard basket for Adam. Um, look, the final company on the list was Sigma Healthcare, and it was a resounding no, really, from both of our guests to buy in, and I think they were leaning toward perhaps taking some profits if you've made them. Look, uh, that is the program. Guys, thank you so much for coming in. Junbei Liu from Tribeca Investment Partners, always a pleasure. Thank you for Have having me. Have a good me. weekend. And Adam Dawes, Dozzy from yes, Sean Partners. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for watching. Stay with us, though, because coming up next, we've got the small caps. Also, you can check out the portfolio at osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. We'll be back in just a tick. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.